and welcome to our podcast, Within the Mist, a hidden place where we walk into the dark and clouded unknown. I am your macro-sized terror, Gary, here to entertain and inform you about the likes of cryptids, ghosts, and childhood fears. I have the great pleasure of welcoming back author Scott Donnelly. We previously had the opportunity of meeting this Ohio native to talk about his books and what it takes to be a horror writer. Since then, Scott has released even more ways to frighten you to include the Devils and Death series, Terror from Beyond, and Creepy Project. Yet, Scott has also branched out with a new project, a collection of original short horror stories for children, Micro Terrors. Please join me as I enter Within the Mist to learn more about the thrills and chills in store with Scott Donnelly. Hello, Scott. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me back. Well, welcome back. I mean, I was thrilled to hear about micro terrors. I mean, since parenting can be like being trapped in a horror movie itself. In fact, my children were such terrors that they once asked me if they were adopted. So I had to tell them not yet, but I had placed an ad. <laughs> I got to tell you, you're you're like a, a good like a dad joke, if you get a groan instead of a laugh, that's just as good, if not better. Well, then Goldie must think I'm absolutely amazing because <laughs> that's what I get mostly from her. Yeah, same here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm glad you're here. Uh, last time we talked about The Mothman and your mm -hmm. book that came out. Uh, now you're in releasing a new set of scary stories for kids, micro terrors. Yeah. So what is this project? It uh it's completely different from from that Mothman book that that I had put out last year. Um, yeah. So back in in 2020, I I had the idea of writing short um, horror fiction geared towards children. Um, once I had kids of my own, uh, you know, your mindset changes a little bit, and trying to find ways to engage them and entice them, and they know I like scary things, but they're not really odd a lot to watch or, or read most of that stuff. So I was like, you know, it'd be kind of cool if I, I wrote some of my own original horror stories geared towards children. Um, and then I thought it'd be fun to just let any kid check them out if they wanted to. So um, uh, the, the original project was developed as going to be free short horror stories for children. Um, and I planned on releasing um two or three every Halloween, every October. Um, and then it kind of took a turn. Um, I don't know if you've heard of the Weird Darkness podcast at all, mm -hmm. um, but Darren Marlar, the guy who who does runs that entire show there, he reached out to me and wondered if I'd ever considered writing for a podcast. Um, he had Micro Terrors was was in his is in his mind when he when you asked me that and I said not really I didn't know if I had the time to do anything like that um, but the more I thought about it I, I really kind of liked the idea um, so together we created micro terrors as a podcast in addition to um, uh, just free short stories that that anybody can access so we did it in in October there were um, we did five, there was five Saturdays in October this past year. So we did uh, a new story every Saturday and it premiered on his show. Um, but it got 
such a good it's such good feedback and i had so much fun doing it that we decided to just go ahead and pull the trigger on trying to make it a weekly uh podcast at this point so that's a big undertaking that means uh starting january 7th there will be a new brand new original episode every saturday for the year so that's like 52 stories um brand new <laughs> um original horror stories for kids so i i think it's gonna be really fun um and yeah we got we got a website where you can read the stories for free um and it also has the links to the podcast you can listen to it for free also there's no charge for these yeah i uh i was listening to there's seven of them i saw posted on youtube on mm -hmm. Weird Darkness's youtube uh the narration on it is amazing uh who's the one telling the story uh, Darren Marlar, he he is the he's the yeah he's a fantastic narrator. Um, he's he I've he's narrated a few of my things in the past, and I've uh, developed a working relationship with him. Um, he's a great guy, and uh, he has the perfect voice for narrating um, stories. Now, are you you're gonna write all fifty two of these stories? I am going to write most of them. I have uh uh got a couple of other indie authors on board to um, donate some stories. And I'm probably still going to kind of reach out to a couple more and see if they'd be interested. Um, you know, not only would it ease up on my workload, but it would also give other uh, indie horror writers a chance to branch out and, and have their stories uh, narrated out there as well. Okay. I was going to say, cause yeah, that's, quite a undertaking to write yeah stories a year right yeah no but um but yeah i mean written out they're they're usually between somewhere between three and five pages um that usually kind of comes out to about a 13 or 14 minute episode of of a podcast so um yeah the the trick is just coming up with a different idea each time but um but i I, I think I got that under control right now. So, uh, yeah, the seven I listened to definitely do. Now, <laughs> I, okay. So yeah, I'm 52 years old. I loved them. Uh, what is the age group that you're aiming for the micro terrors at? Sure. So they are, they are considered horror stories. Most of them are. Um, so dealing with horror elements, I, I think it'd be safe to say ages eight and up there. I know there have been a lot of, adults who have really enjoyed them also so it's kind of they're geared towards children for the most part but i think any age would be able to enjoy them um some are a lot more lighthearted and goofier than others um i i need to find a good balance with having scary stories but also just fun and enjoyable um stories for for children to to listen to and laugh at i'm i've had i usually read them to my my kids to kind of get their approval sometimes um and i've had them laugh and then i've actually had them i've had one of my my son i had him cry um because one kind of spooked him too much so i know now where the limits are <laughs> um but you know I think it's also fun to be scared when you're little, you kind of seek that kind of stuff out. So if some scare kids more than others, that's uh that's a, you know, it's a win, I guess. I agree. So do your kids get excited for the next stories coming out? 
Yeah, they have listened to um, I think just about all the episodes that are up right now, and and they really enjoy them. Um, so I, I'd be I'm excited for them to hear them on a weekly basis when they when they start. Okay, are they uh, have they started giving you input or ideas yet for other stories or requests for what they want to hear? Yeah, my son has has an idea for a pretty cool story. And um, so also what I'm going to probably try and do is put out. um, So the stories are all free to read and listen to online. Um, Mm -hmm. But I would like to put out some paperback anthologies um, with groups of 10 of the stories or so um, in and uh, I'm in the stages of trying to find out how I can get children who who listen and like the podcast if they like if they have ideas of their own i'd love for them to write their own story and it could uh be included in the anthology that way they would have a a story published in a book um and uh possibly narrated um but my yeah my son does have have a kind of a cool idea for one and um kind of see if we can get that taken off too well, it sounds like you're creating the next generation of uh, writers. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he 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 enjoys kind of come. He's a very creative kid. So. So can you give us a couple of examples of the stories that you've uh, released? Uh, some that we've released so far. Um, yeah, the the first five were mostly. Uh, um, the topic was mostly around Halloween. Um as a season and, and stuff because that's when they were intended for. So, I mean, we, we have stories about, um, a, a ghost haunting, haunting some kid's house on Halloween night. Um, there's a, a space monster attack on some kids who are out playing laser tag. Um, and we, we did do a Christmas special here. It was released last Saturday, I think called operation cornered Kringle. Um, it's about this little team of elves who have to go save Santa from a, uh, uh, an unusual situation he's gotten himself into. And, um, that one was kind of fun because I had gotten so wrapped up in the, the entertaining aspect of it that when my wife read it, she said, I don't think there's enough terror in this. (laughs) And she's, she's one who wouldn't really say that very often. So I'm like, you know what, if it's called micro terrors, I need to get back in there and fix this. So, um, so I made some adjustments and, and I think it came out great. That's yeah, it did. I, I liked it very much. Now um, these stories are also popping up on the, the weird darkness YouTube channel. Are you going to continue putting them up through there? Yeah, they, uh, they will be posted to both. They, they will be posted through, um, through on the weird darkness mm-hmm. podcast, as well as the, uh, the micro terrors own separate podcast. Um, and that was Darren's idea. Um, uh, weird darkness is, it's not always a family friendly, uh, podcast with the, with the content and the, the topics that are discussed. So if we, we thought that if children would like to subscribe to micro terrors and not have to worry about demonic topics popping up in their, uh, podcast feed, then it would, uh, solely come from just the micro terrors um podcast so it will be cross-posted on both podcasts um it'll be a lot probably safer content wise um for kids to just listen to the micro terrors podcast compared to the weird darkness one 
That's a very good idea because mm. a lot of parents do worry about what their children listen to. So this is a good way to help out. Absolutely. Fusion. Yeah, absolutely. So were you a, a young reader? Uh, did you read when you were very young and was it always horror? Uh, it wasn't always horror. Yeah. But, um, I used to read goosebumps a lot when I was little, um, the scary stories to tell in the dark. Um, yeah, I used to read a lot of that when I was little. Um, it's probably the earliest form of horror that I was introduced to. And obviously my love of horror has continued now. And I, I try to make a mark in it myself. And doing very well. In fact, your stories, I was going to comment, do have a nostalgic feel to those old goosebumps and scary stories to tell in the dark. It's it's a great continuation of those traditions and expands on it because those were basically just in print. Mm -hmm. Yours are actually oral storytelling, which adds a whole other dimension to it. Right, right. I know if I personally had the choice when I was little, if I could listen to a story or read it, I would probably listen to it. And um, that's just because I was, I was never a fast reader or, or anything like that. So, um, but with the stories here, the, the podcast, you get, you get sound effects, um, some music. Um, Darren can alter his voice um, to distinguish the characters from one another. And it, they're just, they've been fun to listen to. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, when you're creating up these micro terrors, do you sit in front of the computer and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. And it goes from <laughs> blank screen to full story. Um, I usually spend my days. My mind is always working when it comes to s stories and, and things I, I like to write or want to write. And, um, so I'm thinking usually 24 seven about these things. And when I get an idea that I think would work, I'll write it down um, and uh, and come back to it and see where it takes me. So how long does it normally take you to write a story then? Um, it's a, it depends. Uh, a couple of them I've been able to knock out in a couple hours um, and then I'll have to go back and, you know, edit and reread a few times just to make sure everything's okay. Um but there, there's one in particular that I've I've been working on for the micro terrors that I wanted it to be just one story, one episode, um, and I've I tried rewriting it three times, and I just realized that it's impossible to tell in just one. So it'll be probably a, a three part, um, three part story. Um, really? Yeah. So there's just no way to tell the story I wanted to without rushing it in in one episode so um yeah that one should be fun i i have a couple other um two to three parters also planned out so i think not only will that keep people coming back hopefully to listen to the next week but um i i think they're just very uh there there are some fun ideas yeah that's great because yeah it'll be come back next bat <laughs> channel next bat time for the <laughs> right it, isn't it Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Now, so what are your plans for the future of micro terrors? Is it going to continue on with the weekly uh, podcast? And are you, you mentioned that you were trying to get these in print as well. Is that correct? Um, not all of them. I, I am going to select um, maybe 10 stories at a time 
to put in like a print version um, because they'll be, you'll still be able to get them for free online and listen to the podcast. But if anybody wanted them in print, um, there will be an option. Um, So I think I have throughout 2023, I have three anthologies planned, which will just be uh, collections of the stories being told already. Um, And then for October, I have an original uh, novella uh, that should, um, I'm going to put it under like a Microterrorist Presents kind of title. And um, that'll be basically a a longer version of a micro terror. Um, Okay. And that one, I'll probably, I think we might do like a, uh, as far as an episode goes that we might do like a, an excerpt from it the day it comes out. Um, But that one will be probably exclusively uh, available in paperback or Kindle. Oh, okay. So you're going to create a teaser. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so and these were always intended the micro tears are have always been intended to be free so any profits made from paperbacks or or anything will, will go strictly to keeping this project uh alive and, and and continuing okay now i you have a strong science fiction writing background as well so i see that a lot of science fiction is uh bleeding into the micro terrors as well is there any other kinds of genres that you're kind of going to put into these? Yeah. So I always liked, uh, like stories that would have like a sudden twist at the end, um, that would kind of turn the whole story around. So I definitely have, a uh, a lot of those planned out. Um, as far as genres go, yeah. Science fiction will, will play in there. Um, I also have a three part, which is already done a three part, um, public domain retelling so i took i'll give the first one away a little bit i took little red riding hood and put my own spin on it and then left it as a cliffhanger at the end which would bleed into the next episode which would be a completely different public domain property that i was able to connect and then there will be a third part which also connects so the three separate public domain stories that I've been able to blend together. Um, so I, I like that aspect because I've always wanted to take a shot at like a retelling and I was able to do three in one with this basically. Okay. And that's yeah. all going to be part of the micro terrors. It will be. Yes. Okay. Now do your kids, um, do they have a favorite type of cryptid or do they like ghosts? What kind of stories are they the most wanting you to put in um i don't think they have a strong opinion either either way is or any way as far as that goes um you mentioned cryptids though i i do have a a a couple cryptid ones planned out um and one that i just wrote here recently kind of alludes very vaguely to the grafton monster oh okay yeah so um i like to try and get things that I like kind of slipped in there too. Cause I mean, you never know well, what people, people are going to pick up on and what they won't. So. Well, you're right there in Ohio. You're basically in the heartland of cryptids. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, Goldie Ann is always, 
I, I can just imagine how she would be in uh, these kind of horror stories. If it was a werewolf story, she'd be like, oh, puppy, and come up and try and play. So <laughs> I was wondering if yeah, you have those kind of situations in your stories. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably. There, there's a uh, misinformed characters. Like they don't think something might be as big of a deal as it turns out to be. <laughs> That's generally the way horror stories work out. Is, yeah, you're the one guy who thinks he knows everything doesn't know anything. Exactly. Yeah. And I guess that would fall true for uh, kids as well. Mm-hmm. I try to incorporate a lot of things that kids would would enjoy typically anyway. There there's a couple stories that revolve around uh video games, um playing outside, like that space monster one that was uh kids playing laser tag. Um there there's some that revolve around school. So like I'll I'll take topics that that would probably grab a, a child to be to begin with and then just give it a a, a fresh spin. Okay. Now, do you find it difficult to explain some of these complex, like creatures? Like, if you were doing a story about the Mossman, kids might not really understand what the Mossman is. Do you find that difficult to try and explain that as well as tell the story? Yeah, I mean, being as as short as they are, uh, I need to find effective ways to tell things and describe things quickly without seeming rushed or over explained so yeah i would probably explain that those kind of things in the simplest way possible and and maybe that would pique someone's interest and they'd and they'd seek out more information on the topic so ah so these would be gateways to learning more about the grafton monster and such that's a good idea yeah okay now it's 52 weeks worth of short stories. Sounds like you're going to have your hands full, but I mean, you've been busy with other books such as the creepy project, which has been described as Halloween meets scream. So congratulations yeah. on the success of that book. Thank you. That was, uh, it's been one of my, my favorite ones to work on here recently. It is, uh, is, is, uh, like, like that review had said Halloween meets scream. It's a slasher that has, um, the twist at the end is the first thing I came up with. I was like, if I can make this twist work, I think that'd be so awesome. And I think I was able to to make it work effectively. A lot of people, that's their big pull away from, from reading that one is the, the twist at the end. I agree. I, I totally give you thumbs up for pulling that off. I didn't realize that. Yeah, that came first. So I can see since it was such a strong uh, surprise, that was a, I guess I could see, yeah, that had to be what the whole story was structured around. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. Very well done. Now, are you still writing adult horror books? Yes, I am. I, I, back in October, I released um, the terror from beyond the void, which is a, a sci-fi um, horror, horror sci-fi story about, um, uh this family camping in the woods and there's a something crashes from outer space and completely changes their camping experience um so that that's definitely more in the adult realm um and yeah no i have i have some some things planned for 2023 if if i can if i can find the time and and everything i i have a a like a thriller that i've started working on um uh, I 
I have, I remember last time I talked to you guys, I told you I have a, a sea monster book I know coming I've been watching out. for it. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It's done. It just, it, it has been put on the back burner for a little bit. Um, so I'm hoping to have, I want to have that out like during the summertime. Cause I think it'd be like a good summer beach read kind of deal. Um, and, uh, Yeah, no, I'm 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 tossing around the idea of a couple other sequels um, to some of the ones I've written. So, Yeah, and you've also put together uh, your series to basically put the whole anthologies together, like uh, The Milk Boy. yeah, so the I wrote the story called The Hool back in 2020, and then the prequel short story, The Milk Boy, um, and then in, uh, the official sequel called um, The Five Devils. And I, I put those three together in, in a hardback um, that's available. And it's great to see because did you envision putting all three of those together at the beginning or did you just create one and then said, oh, I have more to put. So let me. Yeah, no, I, I didn't in, in ever intend to, to really have three stories. Um, it started with that first one. And then so many people were curious about the, the backstory, about the creature in the book that Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, why not? write a short story that explains a little bit about the back, the background. Um, and then I had signed with a publisher at one point who wanted a sequel to it. Um, so I had written the sequel. I'm not, I'm no longer with that publisher. Um, but um, so I was able to still put the, that book out um, under a different title and, uh, and it's all, it completes a, a, a pretty large story there. So. Yeah, and it's great to see the whole the whole storyline from beginning to end in one book and have Mm it be in a hardcover. That's kind of impressive. Yeah, I def I want to I want to experiment more with hardcovers this this year too. So, okay, that I would definitely be happy for that. Now, okay, so you're writing kids stories. You're also writing adult horror stories. I saw on your Instagram a teaser of a. uh idea that you're having for a crime slash detective novel are you branching out into that as well Yes, I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts, um, and I've been listening to a lot of um, crime, fictional crime audiobooks, and um, I had kind of come up with my own, like, uh, idea for, like, a, a, a serial killer. Now, I know a lot of, a lot of books I write have serial killers or killers involved, but they're all usually, um, it's horror heavy. I thought it'd be kind of a different approach to take all the horror elements out of this and have like um, a, a suspense thriller that revolves around a, a serial killer. So it wouldn't necessarily be like a masked maniac going, you know, going through a sorority house, knocking people off, but it, it more of grounded in reality kind of thriller. Um, so yeah, no, I, I have started that and I'm enjoying the direction it's going so far so we'll see okay. i mean grounded in reality sometimes those are even more frightening than the uh jasons and <laughs> right michael myers yeah no definitely yeah the neighbor next door type situation mm -hmm. all right uh so i'm i'm impressed with that that's great thank so you also uh congratulations i'm i've been keeping an eye on it waiting for it to uh get some uh final details on it 
for the production of one of your one of my favorite books of yours, Cheater Cheater. Thank so, you. <laughs> yeah. How how is that going? It's going really well as far as I understand. They uh um yeah, back uh a little over a year ago, maybe two years ago now. I've lost track of time. But um <laughs> yeah, no, I had kind of there was a, a independent film director who was looking for ideas for a movie and um at that point all my all my most all my books were wrapped up in a publisher um except for cheater cheater which was a, a another slasher story um takes place around halloween um so i kind of shot him a message saying hey you know looking for an idea i got i got this if you want to take it give it a read i didn't really have any hopes for it but he read it and he liked it um he he went ahead and wrote a script for it and got my approval from he sent me a copy and wanted to know if I approved. And I said, yeah. And um, yeah. And then they had started going into production. It was going to be a very indie, indie production at first. Um, and then he had seeked out some, I can't remember if the director's name is Dale Carey. I can't remember if he seeked out assistance or help or he, he'd be better to talk to about that. Um, but there was a, a production company who, who got involved at that point with him because they liked the idea and they liked what he was doing. And then I believe there was a second production company that also stepped in and, um, and then they started over, they started filming everything all over with better equipment in uh, a crew and, and a larger cast. And um, yeah, and they've been, they've been filming for a couple months, two, three months now, I think. And unfortunately with the holidays, um, I think it, it's been, kind of delayed a little bit also i sounds like there might be some covid cases within the the cast and crew and uh and it's being filmed out in washington so they've gotten a lot of snow which has also hindered some of the outdoor scenes so i i think it might be on a little bit of like a holiday hiatus right now but um but from from everything i've heard and have seen it looks like it's really coming along awesome so far yeah, that's got to be neat to to know that your vision is becoming out there for everyone to see and experience. Yeah, no, it, it's cool. I never, I mean, that was always like a dream of mine is like, it'd be cool if I had something turn out to be a movie one day. And I, I mean, it's always a dream, but you never really know if it's going to happen or not. And the chances are usually pretty low. Um, so I, I feel like I got pretty lucky when I stumbled across uh, Mr. Del Carey. Well, no, it's a it's a great story. It it definitely deserves uh, to have the film treatment. I'm just uh, impressed and happy that yeah they bumped up the production value on it. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. And the, they're using some of the 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 best film cameras, I believe that that you can get right now. So um, it should look really nice <laughs> and terrifying. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I have, I have a lot of faith in him. He, he's, he's done a, a great job so far. Now you, you do live in Ohio, which is my home state. So Buckeyes represent. Yep. Uh, and I also saw that you just recently attended the mid Ohio indie authors expo. So mm -hmm. that had been very cool to, to be around other indie authors. Yeah, absolutely. That was back in August. Um, no, it was, it was great. I did it once before, before the pandemic hit. Um, so this was my first year back doing it. Um, and no, it was great. It's the, the, the getting to meet all the other 
a lot mm -hmm. of other authors from around uh, the Ohio area and some even came from out of state, I believe. Um, I mean, it, it's so awesome to see what everybody else uh, does and writes and, and what they're capable of. And um, it was it was a fun time. It was a really fun time and um, hoping to do it again next year. Well, are you thinking of traveling to other conventions and other shows? I I can't see myself going out of state or or very far from here right now with with my with my family and our schedule here. But um, the Mid Ohio uh, Indie Author of Book Expo, I I definitely plan to attend again. Okay. Well, I am like I said, this this is pretty impressive. Children's books, adult books, uh, suspense novels, productions, conventions. <laughs> you are a very busy man <laughs> uh yeah i just i i have a lot of things in my head i just like to get down on paper so so what do you do when you get an idea do you uh write it in a little do you carry a little notepad with you do you uh, write I, it in your phone how do you track your ideas yeah i used to have like a little notebook i would use um but now right now the phone is usually the most convenient and quickest way to get things written down well, if there was anything you wanted to tell your fans and uh, those interested in finding out more of your books, what would you tell them? Um, I am on social media. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, all my books are available on Amazon. And uh, if you want more information on Microterrors, um, microterrors.com has uh, links to the podcast. That has um, you can that's where you can read the stories, see the. Um, the artwork for each story. Um, and, oh, and you can also download a PDF of like some like games and, and puzzles and stuff too there. So really? Uh, yeah. The Halloween type? Yeah. Yeah. The ones that are up right now are, are from Halloween. I have not done any more yet, but I definitely plan to for when the um, podcast officially launches again in January. So January 7th. Um, will be the first episode back and that will kick off the 52 weeks so well i think that i need to uh download some more audio podcasts of micro terrors and this would be a good time to exit within the mist i want to thank scott donnelly for his participation again always welcome to come on the show thank you so much i am amazed at how much you get done and yeah, you are a hero to me. <laughs> Thanks for participating. For those who want to uh, check out some of Scott Donnelly's work or his social media, links will be provided in the show notes. Before we do end this interview podcast, I wanted to share with you the trailer to the micro terrors that you can listen to. This will give you a great idea of the quality and the topics that are discussed. Give it a listen. And let us know what you think. But until our next interview, check out the Micro Terrors and remain constantly curious. Goodbye, everybody. Welcome to Micro Terrors. Scary Stories for Kids. It's the Halloween season. 
Time for chills, thrills, and spine-tingling spooks. Micro-terrors are family-friendly frights for those ages 8 and up. And while our stories are for younger ears, we are still talking about things that go bump in the night, and some children may not be able to handle what others can. Parental consent is recommended. Now for tonight's micro-terror. <laughs> <laughs> 